1: Today on the Rebel Health Coach podcast, I welcome Dr. Daniel Pompa. Dr. Daniel Pompa is a global health leader on a mission to educate practitioners and the public on the origins of inflammation-driven disease. Although trained as a chiropractor, his authority is rooted in his own battle, having overcome neurotoxin illness and heavy metal poisoning using unique cellular Detoxification Strategies. For the past two decades, Dr. Pompa has been studying, practicing, and teaching true cellular detox around the world. A leader in the field of functional medicine, Dr. Pompa's work can be found at drpompa.com and his weekly cellular healing TV podcast, which are viewed worldwide by thousands. Dr. Pompa also has a book out called "The Cellular Healing Diet: Heal the Cell, Get Well, Lose Weight, and Feel Great." Man, I'm so blessed to have you on here today.: I'm Blessed to be here, always. I went to the HS, uh, HCF conference. Yeah. When you spoke about this autoimmune three-legged stool. I almost stood up out of my seat and said, hallelujah, somebody gets this.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> so, awesome. You
1: know, but before we start into the three-legged stool and autoimmune, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, you are I know you're a graduate of Life University right here in my backyard. And you also went to the University of Pittsburgh. I did. You uh, graduated in 80 or 95 from Life University, second in your class. Yes, that's all true. <laughs> okay. So, what got you into from being a, a doctor, a chiropractor, into this realm of functional medicine?
2: Yeah, I didn't choose it; it chose me because I, I got really sick. I, you know, I, I had a, a really successful chiropractic office and uh, helping a lot of people. And you know it was funny because you know looking back, I, I kind of hit a place of incongruency. Uh, you know, I was a little incongruent, and I knew it because I started seeing more and more sick people, and I didn't started not seeing results, and I was getting really frustrated. And you know, I didn't know where the answer lied, but uh, I'm one of those people that just you know I have to get I have to get results. I strive for it, and you know, it's, I have to be congruent. And. All of a sudden, fatigue hit, <laughs> and I didn't know where it was coming from. I was doing a lot of training at the time. I thought I was overtraining, and uh, I diminished my training overload, and I didn't get better. As a matter of fact, I was getting worse. Then I went to headaches. Then I went to insomnia, panic attacks. You know, then bizarre things. Right? I couldn't digest food. I became intolerant to everything chemicals, food. Uh, you know, I just you know, like I said, uh, hormonally, I was an absolute mess. I uh, you know, I couldn't adapt to any stress, not even loud noises. I couldn't even watch movies because this the the excitement would send me into this adrenal overflow. My, you know, my hair started thinning, so I knew my thyroid wasn't right. You know, and I was addressing all of that like most people did. I was addressing the adrenals, but even though my energy would get a little bit better, then I wouldn't sleep. And you know, I tried doing all of these things that I think most people do, and. By the way, my blood work looked normal. That was frustrating as well. But it was years later. uh, I met a very bright endocrinologist and um, I was still hunting these thyroid and adrenal issues that I had going on. And he said, You know, Dan, I think you have mercury poisoning. And I was like, I thought so too. Uh, You know, a year or so ago, I did a blood test uh, because I found Mad Hatter's disease online. Said, Man, I have every one of these symptoms. And if you know what Mad Hatter's is, it was. They were uh, using mercury to make felt hats, and they became poisoned. They were known mad as a hatter. That was me. But that was wow. acute mercury poisoning. He said, yeah, um, a blood tests would only show up if you had acute mercury poisoning, like mad hatters. But I think you have chronic. And so he said, do this test. It was a challenge, uh, mer- a challenge test to see if the mercury was in my tissues. And. Sure enough, it showed up. So I asked the logical question, where do you think I got it from? He said, do you have any dental work done around the time all this happened? And I said, I may have, because I had these two fillings removed and some gold put in. I still had about six amalgams in, which, by the way, contained 50% mercury. And lo and behold, I called my good friend who did that work, and it was just days after that that my symptoms actually started. So I just never correlated it. So therein lied my uh, future. I, I started researching on how to get the rest of these things out safely. And then I researched how to get it out of my brain because that's where it was. And in that, I got myself well. And then ironically enough, I, I, I would have to say one of my you know soon-after patients was we had a, uh, a death in our family, a tragic death. And we ended up inheriting two children, seven years old at the time, boy and a girl. They're twins. They were my wife's cousins, and uh, their parents tragically died. And uh, he was on the autism spectrum, and I was trying to help his mother out with that. And too much chaos in the life to help. But um, he was vaccine damaged. Anyways, he came into our life on the spectrum, Asperger's sensory integration. And I applied what I learned with myself to him. And, so that kind of led me into being able to lecture about this stuff and teaching what I teach today, and that's the cellular detox, cellular healing, and what you described, that three-legged stool of really an analogy of why people are getting sick, and therein lies the answer to the solution.
1: I, you know, I love the analogy of the three-legged school, stool because it's simple, and it pretty much relates to all disease and even general weight loss. It does. and. A lot of physicians today in Western medicine don't get this, nor do they go find the root causes of these symptoms or diseases.
2: Well, tell me, you have two things happening here, right? You have the allopathic side of things that they don't care to get it. They're stuck in a paradigm. So I'm not being critical. I it right. is what it is. They're stuck in a paradigm of here's symptoms, here's medications, and there's a time and a place for that, but that's not. Addressing the chronic disease uh, nor the cause, right? Then you have the alternative side, right? And they're really doing the same thing, but with supplements and other pills, they're really not understanding why people are getting sick. They're not addressing it and they're not going far enough upstream to really make a difference, at least a lasting difference.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm just finishing up my schooling for functional medicine, and that's Another thing that, you know, was in a room full of people, of like-minded people, like at that conference, it just gave me chills because all these people are out in that room to make a difference. Yeah. And it almost gave me tears. As like It was like, God probably put me in that place. Yeah. And, you know, today in our society, autoimmune disease or activation rarely comes out of the middle of nowhere. It's, it's, it's a build up to
2: it. Yeah. Well, look, you know, there's so many subjects here. Number one, we better tell them what the heck the three-legged stool is, but (laughs) you know, I'll say this on autoimmune and we'll, we'll move into that because you know, most of it's underdiagnosed. The testing is in the stone ages. So, You've had autoimmune for 10, 20, even 30 years before you get a diagnosis. Uh, more, Most people have it and don't know it. Um, all the unexplainable symptoms, hormone problems. Uh, I can go down a list. It's autoimmune, meaning your body's attacking itself, driving cellular inflammation, and thereby a host of symptoms that you go— I, I don't get it. I'm eating better. I'm doing this. I'm doing And yet I still don't feel well. It's most likely autoimmune. Now, the three legged stool is just a great analogy of what, what's going on, the cause of it. And again, I said therein lies the solution. So, if you think of a three legged stool, what is the analogy? You have three legs that have to be there for the stool to hold up. <laughs> well, thereby, there's three things that have to be going on. For the autoimmune, or like you said, it goes beyond autoimmune, really, for any condition today, uh, chronic condition. So, we have number one, DNA, certain genes that get triggered or turned on. Now, the old paradigm that most people listening to, your doctors still believe in oh, you just have a thyroid condition because your mother had it. Well, you know, that dogma is so scientifically old and rejected, and yet people still get it. They still believe in it, I should say. You know, but it is not that simple. Genes are turned on. We all have genes of our, you know, susceptibility and weaknesses. However, there are stressors that turn them on. We get that today. So, yes, you may have a thyroid condition, you may have diabetes, you may have been diagnosed with an autoimmune or some gut condition. That gene was triggered. So you will not feel better until you understand that we have the ability and we can turn that expression of gene off. So that therein lies a lot of science that people are not applying today, even the alternative, definitely not the allopathic side, that we know how to turn these genes off. And a lot of my cellular healing work in my five R's applies to turning off those genes. Now, the other leg, so that's one leg of the stool. We have to address that cause. Another leg of this three-legged stool is... The stressors that turned it on. If we don't remove them, then we're not going to be able to turn those genes off long term. Whether it's physical stress, chemical, or emotional, we have to deal with those causes of that gene being turned on. In my true cellular detox, that's really what, you know, that area that we address. Okay, and this is the last slide. We know now more about what's called the microbiome, meaning that. We have more bacteria than even cells in our body, and we now know that these bacteria play into our immune system, how our brain works. And I mean, all these things, we had no idea of this relationship between our cells and our bacteria. Well, we know that when this gets disrupted, again, certain genes are turned on. Now it backs up detox pathways. So we must address this epidemic of the onslaught of this bacteria problem. And we have people with leaky gut. Some of your listeners may have heard of that. But it's you know a condition where things are leaking across the gut because it's so inflamed and toxic. Um, we have all of these gut issues today that are part of this three-legged stool of why we're seeing an explosion of chronic disease. So the answer is when we address the microbiome correctly, and we have a unique way of doing that, when we address the stressors. Correctly, and I teach a unique way of cellular detox, and then we address the DNA, putting it all together. Therein lies an answer the world needs, but yet so few are doing this, and that's why you're right. God sent you to my conference to be another mouthpiece on saying, "Listen, this works." We need more people doing it.
1: Right. I mean, you talk about the perfect storm under stressors, and I I like, I love that analogy also. That was actually a movie by George Clooney, but
2: yeah. can you go into this perfect storm of the stressors a little bit? You know, when you talk to as many sick and challenged people as I do almost every day, they all tell a certain story about how this perfect storm came together. And, and uh, the analogy of the movie is great because, you know, in the movie you had three weather fronts come together. If it was two, it's a bad storm, but it's not a catastrophic perfect storm. When it's three, then it's a catastrophic storm, you know, one in 100 years, and that's what the perfect storm is. Well, so true with this, because you have three stressors that come together, and when you have that, we know that it's powerful enough to turn on a lot of bad genes, right? Think of that three-legged stool again. Typically, I mean, you could have two chemical stressors that you bioaccumulate these chemicals from the time of birth, from your mother in utero, whether it's lead, mercury, whatever it is. And then in life, you start accumulating other chemical stressors. Then you add an emotional stressor to that. And that could be that third storm that comes in and boom, triggers the gene. And now catastrophe. Now you have the symptoms that start. Now you have autoimmune that's triggered, right? So, any form, it could be physical. A stressor. Some people say it was after this car accident. I got a whiplash that all my fibromyalgia began. Well, look, that in itself didn't cause it. It was one more storm to these other chemical stressors that you already had accumulating in your body. Or it could be the last chemical. I just have a client uh, after this. You know, it was a moldy um, exposure that ended up triggering all of these crazy symptoms. But I promise you, I'll find that there was other stressors going on. And that moldy, she w- literally went into an office, uh, started a new job in 2014. I'm looking down at the paper and went into a moldy environment and boom, all these symptoms started. That was the perfect storm because other people were in that moldy environment. Now they're just waiting for their next trigger and their next storm to show. Right. But, you know, that's what happens. That's what we see. And that's what, uh, that's why people are getting sick.
1: On the genetic leg, what are some of the toxins that we are exposed to on a
2: daily basis? Well, you know, uh, you have your big boys that I call them, right? You have your heavy metals, some of these infections like lime or I mentioned mold. You know, they're big, big toxins that are very, very nasty and can really cause the bucket to overflow if you will you know we i like to refer to it as the stress bucket right or the toxic bucket you know it starts filling the in utero and from womb to the tomb and genetically some of us have bigger buckets some of us have smaller buckets but it starts filling with the exposures of any type of stress again physical chemical or emotional and one day it overflows right? right so you know and that's when the gene gets triggered and uh, that's that perfect storm that fills that bucket very rapidly but we look at things like heavy metals they have they're so nasty they can trigger genes very easily when you consider we grew up in the lead generation the mercury generation the number one source of lead is mom in utero when women are pregnant the lead most of it's stored in the bone and out it comes during pregnancy it's normal to lose bone during pregnancy and the lead comes out, and it ends up in the baby in utero. Well, there's a study called the DRESS study that showed the number of fillings, mom, in your mouth. Those are those silver amalgam fillings that I said had 50% mercury in that got me sick. The number of fillings in your mouth, according to the study, is proportional to how much we find in the baby's brain. So you can see the accumulation starts of these big toxins, and then we start adding other toxins to it, BPA. From plastics. It's unavoidable. It's in everything. It has the ability also to turn genes on and off. There was a study it was from the Duke University, and they took two groups of identical twin mice. So exact same DNA, right? Put them in the exact same environments and fed them the exact same food. You know, same everything. Except the one group then they exposed to BPA, a toxin that we're talking about. And it turned on, it triggered a gene called the Agouti gene, which made the mice obese. It gave them some thyroid conditions, some heart disease, some other symptoms, et cetera. Their, Their fur turned yellow and dry. And the unique thing about the study was, is the next generation of mice was born with that gene turned on. So they became little teenage mice. And of course, they became obese with thyroid conditions, you name it. So, I mean, we see that today, right? So the gene was turned on. Now, here's the best part of the study is they turned the gene off. <laughs> so they were able to turn, turn that off and make thin mice again. You know, I think there's the gap between science and the treatment worlds. We know these genes are getting turned off by some of these chemicals are turned on, I should say, but we also right. know how to turn them off. So, you know, an exposure of some of these big toxins leads us to start accumulating these other toxins and then those other toxins can have an effect on our genome so we're all exposed it's a matter of how big your bucket is and what susceptible genes you have
1: and now a word from our sponsor we'll be back in a minute
3: we all know that eating healthy is a part of becoming a better person But if you're finding the organic and non-toxic products too expensive or hard to find, then thrivemarket.com, the healthy online shopping club is your solution. Like the Costco meets Whole Foods for everything healthy online, you'll get the best organic and non-GMO brands up to 50% off retail prices, shipped nationally to your door for free within two to three days. When you become a member, ThriveMarket.com will donate a free membership to a low-income family, teacher, or veteran so we can all thrive together. You never have to pay full price for healthy food again. Go to ThriveMarket.com slash The Rebel Health Coach to get your free jar of coconut oil and 15% off your first order. This offer is valued at $18 and available for our listeners only on this special link. So here it is again, ThriveMarket.com slash The Rebel Health Coach.
1: How do we turn all this off and have three solid legs?
2: Well, okay, so we want to address each leg of the stool, right? So we can kind of discuss some of the things we do under each leg. Because if this is the cause, the solution, then we have to address all of them. The the DNA part, right? When you look at the research on how to turn these genes off, it's you know there a lot of things come into play. I because it gets complicated. I developed something called my five R's of cellular healing. I could say my five R's of how to turn genes off, but <laughs> no one would understand right. that. But uh, the five R's just simply is a roadmap to do so. So number one is our number one remove the source. Meaning, if you still have silver fillings in your mouth, you're going to have trouble turning genes off. you got to remove the sources. If you live in a moldy home, you're going to have trouble turning genes off. We have to look at the sources and remove them. Our number two is regenerating the cell membrane. If you look at Bruce Lipton's work and others, the membrane of every cell is, of course, a big part of how the cell even detoxes, moving good things in and bad things out. Um, But it also is a big part of how we turn genes on and off. So if we don't fix that cell membrane, regenerate, we can never turn these genes off. So the science is very clear. Our number three is restoring the cell energy, which again, big player in detoxing the cell, but also a big player in turning off these bad genes. You have to restore the cellular energy. And we have many methods to do that. Uh, Four is reducing the inflammation of the cell, which seems the obvious. Um, but again, you know, we can do that through diet, certain supplementations, redox molecules. But when we reduce the inflammation, now we can turn the gene off. A lot of studies there. And then, our number five is reestablishing methylation. Methylation is uh, a big issue today. Many people yeah. lack these things called methyl groups. By the way, it protects your DNA. And in that mouse study that I talked about, they actually gave the mice methylation these methyl groups to turn off the DNA. So, you know, what depletes us of these things? Toxins, stressors. So many people are depleted um, and then it allows bad genes to get turned on. But reestablishing those pathways is another strategy to turning off the bad genes. So that's one leg of the stool. The second leg is removing the stressors. The bioaccumulation of these toxins is key. Now, we can have a whole discussion here, so I don't want to get too far down this road. But right. most people, I think, would you know, understand that toxins are why they don't feel well. To- detox is very in vogue right now. However, the 10-day cleanse, the Corella, the Cilantro, all of these things we see in our doctor's offices or health food stores, Whole Foods, uh, they are not where the problem is. They're not addressing detox in the right place. The colon cleanse, it may be helpful, but the problem is what's happening in the cell. Real detox has to go to the cell. So I call it true cell, detox, because that's the issue here. If we don't right. detox the cell, if we don't get the cell doing what it really does, that's not real detox. So I have no problem with a liver cleanse or a colon cleanse or whatever it is, but it's not real detox unless you get the cell doing what it should be doing. So true detox has to be at the cellular level. And that's the center leg of the stool. So when we address that correctly at the cell, now we can start loosing these, you know, removing these stressors, you know, and of course the emotional stuff, trapped emotions is a big deal. And you know, when you remove toxins, believe it or not, you're even removing trapped emotions. But that's another level that, you know, people oftentimes have to deal with. The, the chiropractors are relieving physical stress off the nerve system that's a big deal because we want to remove physical chemical and emotional to turn those genes off so that's that's the leg of the stool and then the other leg the final leg is the microbiome and i, I know it sounds people are going to go oh yeah well i'm taking a probiotic so i'm good on that leg well <laughs> tom i wish it were so simple um, yeah, matter of fact I, I have bad news for most of your listeners that that probiotic you've been taking for so long Probably making you worse, <laughs> so it's uh, it's not what you think. It's creating what we call micro uh, um, mono uh, colonies, where you're just forcing one bacteria in or seven or five, whatever it is, uh, when there's thousands, uh, really. So, how do we fix this? Um, my ancient healing strategies is really the way, and and that's just briefly. We use different diets, of course, but fasting, intermittent fasting, and then something. I've called diet variation feast famine cycle. So we're creating stressors on the microbiome and these bacteria. And that's the real way to fix the gut. So again, that's a, that's a probably a whole nother podcast of engineering right, strategies, right. autoimmune, but we can go down that road if you want.
1: Well, I mean, the, the microbiome, people don't understand. I, I mean, I'm a firm believer of disease, all disease begins in the gut. I, I think people don't get that what they put in their gut and how they take care of their gut matters so much. I mean, it matters depression, anxiety, sleep. Uh, it has so much to do with our brain activity, and people miss that point.
2: There's something called a shigame pathway, and the pathway is a uh, basically how your ba- gut, your stomach, your gut takes bacteria, and it makes certain amino acids that you need to make certain neurotransmitters. For your brain to work normal and for you to feel normal, meaning serotonin, right? We know that the lack of serotonin, you know, you know, your brain needs serotonin, so you feel happy, you know, dopamine's another one, right? So we know these brain chemicals, and of course, medicine today is, you know, just giving people these chemicals and creating more imbalance, right? But really, it's this offset of bacteria that we don't have enough of, or that are being killed by certain toxins that are really creating this problem. And so instead of throwing more medications at kids and people, antidepressants, we need to be understanding the science is clear that it's the imbalance of these bacteria that is creating this brain problem. And then you spoke about the immune system. Let me give you one example um, of these bacteria and how critical they are to a a normal functioning immune system that's not attacking itself, a.k.a. autoimmune. So there's a bacteria called bacteroides fragilis. You don't have to remember that, but here's the unique thing about this and this particular bacteria, and there's many. Imagine that. We keep discovering more and more. This bacteria is needed for you to make a white blood cell called a T-regulatory cell. Now these cells tell your immune system that everything's OK to back off. So you can imagine if you didn't have enough of these T-regulatory cells that you would end up with food intolerances, allergies, and worse yet, autoimmune. So we know now that it's the lack of this bacteria, Bacteroides fragilis, that really is the problem. When we don't have enough of this, we don't make enough T-regulatory cells, and then we have this autoimmune and this you know, all these bad things happen. So it's not about giving a medication over here. It's about understanding how do we fix this bacteria. And by the way, you can't replace this bacteria from a pill. It's not so right. simple, right? Again, this is where these ancient healing strategies come in. That's the key. And,
1: I, and I've, I've even heard that they are now in, taking fecal matter and implanting, it, uh, good fecal matter and implanting into people's guts that are so far gone that they need this.
2: Well, it's, it, it's true in this country. We, the FDA will not allow a fecal microbial transplant for autoimmune. Other countries are doing it with amazing success. However, here you're only allowed to do a fecal microbial transplant for C. diff, which saves people's lives. And yet, even still, very few hospitals are still even doing that. They're just throwing more antibiotics at C. diff, and you know, wondering why people get more sick and end up completely (laughs) with autoimmune. But you know, other countries are using fecal microbial transplant for autoimmune, and it's remarkable when you replace these bacteria. Uh, we're working with some scientists right now in developing uh you know some different bacteria pills uh we know from human bacteria so um and it's a completely different thing. Problem is the f d a and uh, you know right. <laughs> a lot of issues yeah <laughs> so
1: for this particular bacteria for men and foods.
2: Yeah, well, uh, you know, for this particular bacteria, fermented foods pr- uh, aren't a good source. I would say more like uh, prebiotics, meaning fiber, uh, would be okay. a better source. Uh, uh, again, I, I want to lean on our number one removing the sources. You know, the chemical glyphosate, you know, that's being sprayed on our entire food uh, supply. Yeah, that's a biggie. Yeah, it crushes Bacteroides fragilis and others, right? I mean, creates leaky gut, opens up something called tight junctions, which allow your undigested proteins to flow into your bloodstream, triggering uh you know an immune reaction. You know, so getting rid of these chemicals and toxins, again, that's the other leg of the stool, right? This all these legs right. of the stool work together. You know, but yeah, I I mean some of these prebiotics and fibers can be a big player. I love fermented food. Fermented foods do bring in a host of unique bacteria in the trillions. And I I think you do get a much greater colony of good bacteria from fermented foods, plus the fiber, plus things we haven't discovered yet than you would from a pill. Um, And I'm not against all probiotics. I I think you can rotate and move to try different ones. But again, without doing these other things, uh, it's useless. And if you've been on a probiotic for months after months, same one, please change, stop, get rid of it.
1: Keto adaption this is a big you like you're a big ketogenic or into the keto adaption part i I read a little bit about that, and i've had I've had Jimmy Moore on my show love Jimmy, yeah, he's an amazing man, and another one of those that's doing the work that we that needs to be done to get the word out but uh, does keto adaption
2: help with this uh it does uh, you know I'm not a believer. Probably where Jimmy and I disagree, and I love Jimmy, so I'm not, not disrespecting at all. Um, I, but I'm not a believer in just staying in ketosis. Right. I, I think issues can uh, occur with chronic low insulin for a long time. The body can think it's starving. I mean, we can you know, uh, talk a lot about that. But moving in and out of ketotic states, I, I think, is really emulating ancient cultures. Uh, ketosis is part of my ancient healing strategy on how we fix a gut in a microbiome. But we do move people in and out of the state because the moving in and out creates an adaptation. It changes. It forces the microbiome to change. I think one of the things that we see today is people just stay on the same diet. I think there's, that's a mistake. Ancient cultures were always forced to change their diet, whether it was environmental changes, lack of food, uh, you know, multi-seasonal changes, multiple reasons, but Today, we don't, and I think it's a microbiome mistake. <laughs> when we force these uh, changes, um, we force the microbiome to change, and that's good because that adaptation uh, will create different colonies, uh, It will create a successful you know, microbiome, meaning that more mm-hmm. diversity in the microbiome. So moving in and out of ketotic states, but even there's studies that show that when you go into ketosis, and maybe we should redefine that a little bit for people, but it, it really changes your dna it changes your microorganisms in your gut uh and it almost resets the uh, you know the the dna and the bacteria in your gut almost like humans are meant to go through these times um where they're forced into ketosis
1: okay i i was talking to uh, him about this a little bit also is that you know just like if you're going to build muscle or even your daily workouts if you don't change things things some things you're not going to change the the composition of your body,
2: right? Absolutely, it's about adaptation.
1: Yep, right. And I I don't believe in staying in a ketogenic diet for a long periods of time. I mean, it's okay. To, I believe that cycling in and out, along with uh, Doctor Fung and his theories on intermittent fasting, I believe that's a ma- a great. You know, but you 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 know, I I I fast on. I I have a tendency to fast from dinner, but I to about 11 o'clock in the morning or whenever I feel like breaking fast. But I mean, I think if you add all these together, but if you stay in ketosis a long period of time or stay on one diet a long period of time, your body's just gonna adapt to that. I mean, let's face it, God gave us an amazing body. And if we provide the right tools, our body will heal itself. Mm -hmm. And one of your quotes I loved a lot is, if you do not fix the cell, you'll never make it well.
2: Right, exactly. And you or won't you'll get ne- well without fixing the cell.
1: You know, so I, I think if we wrap all this together and we do a, a a true a true detox, I mean, I see, you know, like, to your point about detoxes on the web, I mean, Facebook, everybody's doing a 12-day, everybody's doing a 3-day, but You're not getting to the true cellular level when you do those detoxes, so therefore they're really they're more of a cleanse and not a detox.
2: Right, real detox has to go to the cell, and you won't get well unless you fix the cell. You're absolutely right, and you know on the conversation about the the diet and it it really is putting it all together. And when you address all the legs of the stool, you know it's what I call a multi-therapeutic approach. When you look at neurodegenerative diseases whether it's dementia alzheimer's even addressing weight loss resistance and hormone conditions it really is a multi-therapeutic approach that works right we utilize ketosis we utilize fasting intermittent fasting and this concept of you know switching diets and varying it which i call diet variation Uh, we utilize that with true cellular detox with the cellular healing work and changing the genome Putting it all together, therein lies the magic, Tom.
1: Yeah, exactly. I can't wait to start using your true cellular detox for my practice. Once I finish up with my school, because I I, I I was just astounded by that. I, I got to talk to your some people there. And uh I, I'm looking forward to finishing up my studies and getting on with it and using that to help my practice. And wrapping this up, because I know you're a busy, busy man. Mm-hmm. Dr. you also have an awesome podcast every week called Cellular Healing TV. And uh, a book that is in my rotation is The Cellular Healing Diet, Heal the Cell, Get Well, Lose Weight, and Feel Great. You know, I appreciate you taking the time to be on my show today. I know I'm a small fish in this large pond, and uh, I am truly blessed that you were able to join me and take time out of your schedule.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I loved spreading the message, and it's it's Dr. Pompa. You don't spell doctor, just Dr. Then my last name, P O M P A dot com.
1: Okay, I love what you're doing for God's nation and God's people. Do you just touch my heart that day, and I'm glad I was there. I have one question before I go, and I ask this of all my guests: Is if you have had one album to select from, and you had 30 or 40 minutes time alone, what album or uh, artist would you listen to? (laughs)
2: Uh, It depends on my mood. Um, You know, I grew up with Frank Sinatra, right? So the Italian family, Frank Sinatra was playing uh, in my house all the time, right? So, (laughs) I mean, you know, it's just every word, you know, comes to my mind, every song comes to my mind, right? So when I'm just... uh, moving around my home. I love Sinatra on cause that's what I grew up with. Uh, you know, I also grew up because of my sisters. I had three older sisters and, uh, Bruce Springsteen was like, you know, that was it, you know, the seventies and eighties. <laughs> so,
3: right. uh, yeah, so I, I am
2: still fond of the old Springsteen stuff too. So my, my kids make fun of me, but they know every word too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, Tom. Thanks for having me.